This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. The first um, Indian is a Torah Zamincha. Very interesting. He's it's on the Pasuk, Yavcha Oravis Anarmim Avi Lemur, Imlavi Lechel Chatasal Avi Kalayamim. So he learns that this is also referring to a much deeper Indian about a person's nefesh, Makarish Parachut. And he says like this Vishema Yoma Adam, Malatar Azos, Lachasin Nafshimras, Olam Hazar. A person can make the Cheshm listen. Why do I need to deprive myself from any enjoyment? I'm going to enjoy taking as much as I can. When I die, everything goes back to where it should be. So the, the physical body returns to the earth, and yes, you know, it no longer enjoys, but that's that. And the neshama will go back to Rish Baruch and it's going to be wonderful. The neshama will have its ganeden and olam haba. Well, what, what's the point of, of the, the the body anyway goes to to to, um, to the caver, and the mind is anyway uh, divine, so it's going to go there, and that's that. So he says they efsha, can nefesh hasichlis the efsha shetafsi seder built ishlemus. The nefesh will not go back to its source if it hasn't attained a degree of perfection. And that's because that's what was put in the body. And if it does not accomplish, and if it's empty, it will sit outside, so to speak. Um, and also, the goof itself, he says, has uh, some sort of punishment after, the, um, a- after death, apikabola. Even though one, even though rationally we wouldn't think it to be so, but the the Kabbalah, um, in this case meaning uh, the Mesorahs that we have from a pasuk in Eov, Ach Psorah Olav Tabel, is tells us that there is some sort of sar. So the um, so he says that the neshama. The neshama needs to perfect itself through the goof, and if it hasn't perfected itself in the goof, it itself will be empty and not royal to uh, Olam Haba. Now he explains it in the Pasuk that this is the concept of the Arvas we're talking about. He says the, in the in the Arvas we're talking about is Raya Roa Ka'arev Zar. He says, there's the raw of the nefesh and the raw of, of the guf. He says, the beged, it says, lokach big the ka'ar of zar, the beged to the guf is like the guf to neshama, or better said, the guf to neshama is like the beged to the guf, and, the, and one is responsible for the other. In other words, the, the, just like in, in Arvus, even though you yourself did not take out the loan, but you become responsible for the other one, um, the nefesh to the goof has that same relationship. And therefore, if the goof became corrupt, the nefesh itself will also lose out because of this uh, relationship of Arvis. It's a very interesting um, relationship, Arvis. We would say, call yourself a raven It's It's possible, when you think about it, it's, it's a, it, it's, um, it starts in halacha as a uh, financial I- issue, as a legal financial issue, the concept of arvus, that not only do direct actions 
of yourself make you liable. So if a person damages, he's liable. If a person takes out a loan, he's liable. If a person employs somebody else, he's liable. All of that sort of makes sense. But, there's, but, but a person can actually make himself liable for things that he's not personally responsible in a sense. And, and yet he can assume responsibility. The same is true with the nefesh and the goof. The nefesh is responsible for the goof, and anything that happens with the goof um, in terms of Rantov, the nefesh is held accountable for. Okay, the next one is an Abarbanel, which sharpens for us the concept of Hashkocha and Mikra. He says, um, So he says, there are things that we need to um, attribute to um, coincidence or just random uh, events. And um, things that fall in a person's uh, way, we, we say it's random. The person's walking the street, and he finds something. So there we can attribute it, even uh, logically, as being just random. But anything that we can attribute to a cause, we need not, or we should not, attribute it to just random event. Because, um, the, the, because things, our understanding of things that are not random is with its clear cause and effect. So the um, so the um, the first the, our first test of whether something is one of the random events that happen or not is if we can link up uh, a cause and effect. But if something has in in itself it carries some sort of tremendous effect if it is qualitatively or something about about it is extremely uh, important, um, extremely big, the philosophers felt that it must have come about by some sort of pre-planning. Um, so for instance, if, if a person um, if a person walks into a room and there's a towel there, then we say, okay, um, towel could have happened by accident. Somebody was carrying towels and fell off or whatever. But if somebody walks into a room and the temperature's controlled to the right temperature for him, the light's controlled, this controlled, that controlled, even if he didn't see who did it, but the fact that, that it seems to be headed towards some sort of very specific purpose, that also... Um, in, it has in itself an extraordinary hashkara uh, to it. But let's give an example. If a person, if a person plants um, a, a, a seed and um, apples grow from it, so the cause and effect is, um, is clear, and we attribute it to the cause. If a person happens to walk into a room and there's a pile of apples there, or he happens to see an apple in the street. Okay, maybe, maybe not. So we could say that's random. It fell, it fell off. Somebody delivered it to the wrong house, or anything like that. 
But if a person walks in and he sees his favorite meal down to the last point there, or he sees a year's worth of all the different foods he needs, the person will say, it can't be coincidence, not because I saw the cause and effect, but simply because um, it reaches a tachlis that's that is extraordinary. So a second way of discerning something that, that's premeditated is by looking at the result as being extremely unusual, uh, complex, um, effective, etc. Yes? I mean, maybe, with this sort of question, that might, one might not be able to discover that for many, many years. I mean, like, for example, in Miguel uh, Sester, uh, you know, there's a whole series of events that don't really have any sort of, you could say they're random, but that's... Correct, Cor- correct, correct. But, but if a person does find it, correct. Um, you know, it, 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 I'll give you a must. Let, let, let's, take a, a, an extru- let, let's take an example. Um, and, and see, that let's say a person, a person's in need of money, and he wins a lottery ticket, which is a lot more money than he needs. So, a person's fantastic. Did it have to come from somewhere? Um, the person says, uh, you know, maybe that's, you know, somebody wins the lottery, so I won the lottery. Let's say a person needs to pay $19,764.34, and a check comes in that amount. So, so there the person will say, can't be coincidence, even though the lottery was a lot more money. But the fact that this seems to fit something so extraordinary, um, you know, that leads you to believe um, that it's much more than a coincidence. So he says, this is the type of thought process when we look around the different organs that we have. Um, that they are, they seem to serve their purpose so well. Um, the, we look at the stomach, he says, look at the eye, etc. That forces us to, to, to feel that the person doing it has done it for a certain tachlis. It's very interesting, I, an aside remark. Um, the, um, there is a, a description of in philosophy, um, it, there's a word teleological, which means things that have a tachlis to them, like uh, you know, like achlis uh, etc. Um, so there, there was for a time. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where it's holding. There was a reaction against um, textbooks. That would that would have the following type of of uh, the following type of sentences. Um, this and this plant has this this thing in order that it shields itself from the sun, in order that it shields itself from insects, in order that it propagates itself, in order this or that or that. This was the normal way to write it, and people felt that's terribly unscientific because if it has a tachlis, somebody directed it was a tachlis. The, the politically correct way, or scientifically correct way of saying it, there's none as there, is because insects kept eating it, this type of corn came, developed. Because drought was common, this type of corn came out, etc., etc. Um, it, it's it never to be understood that as a tachlis. The reason why textbooks were worded that way, because instinctively a person takes a look and he sees something that's so suited for where it is, it is instinctive to us that this probably came about 
with with a plan. Um, but at any rate, the the, the the fact that something has a a clear uh, target also leads you to feel that this was um, that this this was planned. So that's why Yosef said, I don't stand something. Um, you, you, um, he, he, something very big happened here. I, I mean, he doesn't get to Yosef yet, but he says, he, he's basically going back to this point over here. Yosef said, um, he said, I can't believe it was just a coincidence of you being angry if such a big Hatzalah came out of it. Um, it's, not, it's not normal for, for that to happen when, um, you know, if it just would have been a Mikra. So he says, when the philosophers mentioned things that happen incidentally, I'm talking about an isolated item. You walk in the street, you found money. Great. Things that happen to Kaisal as a Klal are Ashkacha. Um, he says things that happen on a large scale um, can't uh, be the mikra. from Paris. So he says, even things that we think are b'mikra, he said, um, they don't have to be b'mikra, they, they can be b'ashkacha, or they really are b'ashkacha. So he said, let's go back to that example. If a kid is walking, if somebody's walking and finds a dinner in the street, we look at it as being a coincidence. But if you understand that, let's say a father wanted to test his son, reward his son, whatever it is, and he ran ahead and put a dinner in his son's in his son's way, that removes it. So even though for the son it looks like it's coincidence, for the father it looks like it, it's hashkacha. So he says in big items and big things we, we we see it as such and we have to treat it as kacha. In the smaller things we um, don't think that it's that it's hashkacha, but nonetheless in, in many ways it is hashkacha. Yes. Maybe how do we define mikra? I mean, if we're if we're maybe it's an assumption that Hashem is is allowing the world to exist and allowing everything to occur. So, what distinguishes hashkacha from mikra? I mean, it's so it's going to have to be in our ability to sense it, um, in our ability to discern one from the other. Um, the thing, there, there are things that you need a muna to attribute it to um, hashkacha, and there are things that you need 
to blind yourself from the hashgacha in order to attribute it to mikra. Like the like in Mukhokosa when it says in Telkumikari, there are sometimes uh, where the default setting would be logically it's, it could be attributed as a mikra, someone who's a Maimon that has it as being maybe somebody through those Mabeas here. But in our case it was just a, such a huge event that all kinds of was saved by this event, it can't be that that it came about through that. The the um, the the, the, the morale in, in different places uses it says Dvarm Gedolim and Ape Mikra, Molochim and Ape Mikra, you know in Yarmul Molochim and Ape Mikra, meaning that um, let's translate it into another um, into another language. Whenever whenever you're you're taking whenever you're doing statistics. There are always flukes. There's always a yotzim a a a, a, a but the medium of the whole group is never a yotzim um, Well, many times that's because that's the definition of klal. In other words, the IQ is a hundred because the median is a hundred. So, so that's that's by definition. But um, in general, once you've established a norm, then at the level of a cloud, the norm will always be effective, and at the and there will always be these flukes at the very very edges of the curve, where you have random you know all, all sorts of things the mikra quote unquote. But when I look at a tzibur the Kenyan, when I look a whole nation together, a whole group together, that we understand um, that mikra should not be shailen over there. So we dehera shkocha a lot more on the level of a nation than we do on, than we do on a prat. So does that mean that really the difference between mikra and hashkocha is just how we perceive it? But in yes, actuality, there's no there's no real correct a hundred percent. But but it's very important. In other words, the world of bechirat for us is the world where we don't sense a kaddish baruch Hu pushing one way or the other. That's 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 how we have bechira because we have no sense whatsoever control pushing it. We, we um, and, and therefore, it, it, from our vantage point, it's all Bechira. That allows for Bechira. Except when we have something that's bolded like this, and then we say that's Hashem. Right, right, they, they, right. And that's where a person needs to, uh, you know, if a person doesn't perceive Hashem where Seichel should perceive it, that's what the, that's what the Pasuk talks about, that people be carrying and so on. Then it says, um, this is his fearing guys the second part. There are many times w- what people perceive as being mikra. When they think of themselves, in other words, from their vantage point, it's all mikra. I didn't think about it, I wasn't planning for it, I wasn't headed in that direction. But when you look at it from a Kaddish Baruch Hu's point, perspective, so to speak, it is with Ashkacha. It's Kloima. So many times. Uh, or, uh, um, it is something which is directed by Kaddish Baruch Hu, 
despite the fact that the person seems to perceive it as being mikra or just a told it says that the, 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 the heart of the Melech is Biyar Hashem. And w- w- however Kashbuch wants to, he directs it or diverts it. Now, the whole Melachim, Shmuel Melachim, is full of kings that did various mitzvahs, some Chelkom Haba, some other Chelkom Haba, some are Rishoyim, some are Tzadikim. If we say leave Melech Biyar Hashem, what happened over here? Even though the king is a Baal Bechira, and, and that's why he's held accountable, and that's why you have a big tzaddikim as Melochim and Teru Rishayim, um, in other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu diverts it the way he wants to, despite the fact that it appears to the person to be Bechira. We have things that are Mikra Gomer for individuals, and there are things that are open for Bechira. So you have a range of things on a Yochid level that the Yochid can see it um, as either being you know, Bechira, uh, Mikra, or Hashkacha. But it's up to the person to see it that way. Uh, as a sort of a parallel point, it says that if a person says hollow or kol yoyim, he's a mechayef and a megadi. So, the few as one of the beim in the is that the person, the person is taking the world of teva and making it into what it's not supposed to be. In other words. There's a deher of Hakadosh Baruch in its regularity, in in the fact that he that he has a mesudic world that he allows to function, and in a sense that's the backdrop for our bechira and everything else. And then there's a world where Hakadosh Baruch intervenes and and uh, rises above the world and, and disregards the world. It's wrong to mix the two together. So on those days that the person dehers it as being extraordinary nice the person is supposed to be mahal that day and supposed to inherit as the extraordinary whereas on the days that a person is um, not um, where the world of itself, that's how the person is supposed to inherit so you, you have a balance between um, the two worlds Akash wants us to perceive the world of Mikrim so that Bechira functions and in this world, Akash has not stepped in, and we, we have to do what we have to do. And he wants us to hear when he has stepped in, and be mishabechet. So you can't, quote-unquote, err to the, to, you know, to the side of caution. A- if a person is halal on day, not supposed to say he's mechayef he's negadev. If a person doesn't say halal on, on, on a day that he's supposed to say it, the person is, uh, is a kaifer, the person is, is, is uh, kafri toiv, and the person is... is um, so understanding and adhering the right approach to it, and I and I assume a different madrigas will be different. Um, there'll be different expectations. Person that always lives Hashem. So a lot of things are seen as in the light of Ashkafa. For a person who doesn't have that dagger, more things are attributed to 
you know, Teva, Tolach, Elach, and listening to Ashkach. Um, okay, I think we'll hold it here. I'll just.